This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. This will finally be our third mailbag edition because there's absolutely nothing going on except in the Pokemon world. But here we are in Rangerstown. Greg, say hello. Hi, guys. Greg, you had the wonderful idea of not informing me that you were going to post on Reddit this morning and ask for questions. <laughs> and uh, You said you were busy at work. I just wanted to be proactive. I mean, you weren't wrong, and uh, I, I thank you for that. We had a lot of good feedback, so we will be answering all your Reddit questions from today. Uh, and that'll pretty and much you guys be this provided whole podcast. A, you provided a lot. I was expecting like five or six, and we got like 20. I was expecting that uh, Blue Shirt Suckaway account to be like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that dude, in case you're wondering. No, no that, that guy's just their ghost downvoting everything you post. Yeah, that's true. It's everything I post, too. I love that dude, though. You know, shouts to you. Stand, stand or, for what or, you, uh, or you chick, believe. Or chick. Let's or chick. Not be, Sorry, uh, I don't want to discriminate here. Yeah. All right, well, let's start, uh, let's start with some questions. Uh, you ready for these things? You ready for it? You ready, bro? I am ready. I am ready. And then uh, we're definitely going to talk about uh, movies and Pokemon Go and food and all that stuff later, but we'll start with the Ranger uh, questions for now. Why are sure. the Rangers not upgrading the glaring weak spot on this team? Do they hate children? That's from WMM339. Well, they might hate children, but that's besides the point. Um, I think... Uh, this harkens back to a point we've talked about before and a point that I am actually writing about for BlueShirtsBreakaway.com. Oh, are you trying to trying to say that we're becoming an article website? Interesting. Yeah, we, we're going we're gonna to be posting more content than just our podcast. You mean there's more um, stuff for people to downvote, Greg? <laughs> yes, per- we're going to keep them coming. Perfect. But to stay, to stay on point here... Uh, Part of the problem is the Rangers are trying to get full value or what they view to be full value for their players they may be trading. The Rick Nashes, the Derek Stepans, the players' names we've seen dangled out there. The Rangers want full value, and they see the offers that are coming in as 50, 60 cents on the dollar, and to them that's not acceptable. But I think what the problem here is is just – what the Rangers see as full value is not what other teams interested in Rangers players see as full value. So the Rangers have a different view of Rick Nash and they want a certain thing for Rick Nash than say the St. Louis blues do who see him as the Rangers see Rick Nash as a top three forward first line impact player where the blues might see Rick Nash at this point in his career as you know, still top six, but more in a complimentary role 
and not relying on him to be the main focus of their offense. And I think the Rangers want a top three price for Rick Nash when, quite honestly, it's just not worth that anymore. Ain't going to do it. Yeah, so that difference of opinion is so stark for a player like Rick Nash that the Rangers are going to say no to a lot of things that they shouldn't be saying no to. And I think that's kind of why we've seen the Rangers in this stalemate. Now we should say, of course, there's a whole lot of offseason left. There's a whole a lot. lot of time between yeah. now. We are well aware. <laughs> lot, a lot of time between now and October. Um, and Rick Nash could have a great performance in this World Cup coming up that changes people's minds about him, so on and so forth. But I think that is part of the problem right now. The Rangers have set a price on their players that uh, – I don't know if incorrect is the right word, but it's definitely overvaluing pieces that just aren't as good as the Rangers think they are, if that makes any sense. And that's why there hasn't been any rumors whatsoever so far about Rick Nash trades, because there frankly aren't any to be had. They want too much. Uh, I think this team, and uh, we've talked about this before, wants to stay relevant, and that's kind of why there isn't Rick Nash trades. They're either going to keep him and try and do this playoff push and we're going to get to this in other questions, I'm sure, today. But for right now, there's literally nothing. Right. Uh, next question is, and this is related to the last question, so we'll just go back to back here. Is the management looking at this year as a tradition, uh, transitional rebuild with the idea of a freed-up cap sp- space after this year? Uh, this is for, That's from Ryan McDonuts. And this goes to what we, what uh, we were just saying. Yeah, I... The Rangers are afraid of that R word, which is rebuild. I don't think they want to do it. Nope. Uh, I Not think, even a little bit. I think they want to retool, which is great if another team cooperates with you. But uh, right now, I don't. I don't see another team cooperating where the Rangers can do that. Um, they should, if the Rangers are being honest with themselves rebuild completely because there is no farm system to be had for the Rangers. Bone dry. Um, and the two, the two prospects, the two prospects that you can talk yourself into being impact prospects are going to be seeing full-time roles this year, which is Buknovich and Shea. So there's literally nothing left in the farm system now. And the Rangers need prospects to breathe life back into their roster. They're a roster of aging stars and guys that are in the teeth of their prime, but I think just aren't the star caliber players the Rangers were expecting them to develop into. Um, like the Chris Criders and the Derek Stepans and the Derek Broussards. Like those are good complementary players. But I think when the Rangers, specifically Stepan and Broussard. I think Stepan has played semi-star-like these past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think the Rangers were expecting 70-point seasons from Derek Stepan. That's and fair. I don't think you're ever going to get that player. What Broussard and Stepan are are really good role players. If you have guys, and I know this question's coming up um, from one of our listeners comparing the Rangers to the Penguins, and we'll get to that later. But, I have that um, one next, the Rangers, so that's perfect. Ah, well, then I'll, I'll, why don't you ask it so I can just elaborate on this point and knock two birds out at the same time. Sure. 
obviously there are huge differences with what Schittsburg having four legitimate superstars. Four legitimate superstars? Three? Four? Well, Kessel, yep. Malkin, Crosby. Crosby. I, I'd say Kunitz is a legitimate superstar. Okay. That's fair. And now Murray, right? Uh, four legitimate superstars. Four Lutang. Kun, Kunitz are, I meant Latang when I said Kunitz, by the way. That's what I was like. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I meant, I meant Latang. <laughs> okay, we're on the same page now. Four legitimate superstars all not performing in the first half of the season. But what are the parallels that can be drawn from their progress, progression over the season to the playoffs? People say the Rangers are on their way to a lottery team, but fans obviously want a reason to believe. That's from Ragtime94. Well, part of what the Penguins did was they raided their own farm system. You know, they brought up the likes of Connor Sheary, who made a big impact. They Murray. moved Petzl, um and to a completely different line to let him be the focal point of a line that was just, you know, pedal to the metal speed, the HBK line with Bonino, and they traded for Haglin. Um, the Rangers, the, I mean, the problem is the Rangers don't have – in my mind, one legitimate superstar on their roster. I think Rick Nash used to be, but the version of Rick Nash we've seen in New York outside of his 140-goal season is a far cry from the guy that was one of the elite scorers in the NHL. He just hasn't been that guy. And it, it's shown mostly in the playoffs, but I think it's there in the regular season as well. This goes back to my point that I was making before where the Penguins found perfect complementary pieces to highlight their stars' attributes. Um, and quite honestly, the Penguins probably wanted uh, a healthy Trevor Daly on a defensive line pairing with um, Latang, and he just got hurt in the playoffs. And then guys like uh, Dumoulin just stepped up when you weren't expecting them to. The Rangers, they're just a team – Without an identity, I think is the proper way to say it. They, they just they don't have the super. Well, they definitely this, don't have the superstars. This team had an identity. The Penguins it, it, this team had an identity that was Henrik Lundqvist and everyone in front of him for the last three years, and he was the person that really was enabled this team to go to those Cup Finals and the and the semi conference Cup Finals and all that. Uh, and now that he's kind of aging and he's not, he still is Hank. Don't get me wrong; he's the superstar he's always been. But the talent in front of him just got old quick. Uh, you know, Dan Girardi and, and Mark Stahl used to be very serviceable defensemen. Don't forget that. It's only two years away. But now they're awful. And, uh, and well, as you were saying, oh, go on, go on. Well, well, that and it's also important to remember that, you know, the Rangers were a speed team before the Pen Penguins were a speed team. They I were. mean, they emphasized speed at every point. When they made the Stanley Cup Finals, it was on the backs of Chris Kreider crashing to the net with reckless abandon, which may or may not have knocked Carey Price out of the playoffs, but that's not the point. No, it totally did but, knock know, him out, but it was not on purpose. They, that's what we're saying. They, they relied on Kreider's speed. They relied on Haglund's speed when he was here. Um, Strawman. And they basically, like, part of the reason why Rick Nash has always been miscast in the Rangers' playoff lineups is because he couldn't keep up. Like, the Rangers, that's the whole reason why they brought in Marty St. Louis in, instead of holding on to Ryan Callahan for an extra year because – they were going speed before other teams realized that speed kills. And the Rangers last year just got really slow, really fast, very quick. And the a lot of down. a lot of that, a lot of that had to do with um, the guys they had playing defense, and a lot of that had to do with the line pairings they have. And 
as good as great as J.C. Miller was in portions last year, you know, he wasn't, he's not the speedster Carl Hagelin is. And when you have a, you just, they just didn't have home. They were trying to make lines almost too balanced, right? Like they didn't want to just make one well, they speed could, line. They wanted to spread their speed guys out. Last year they couldn't out. even figure out a line. They couldn't figure out the third line. It just wasn't a thing right. the whole year. It never got It never got there. We didn't actually have a third line that was cemented in stone that we could say, unlike the other years when we were going deep in the playoffs. Right. So to get back to like the three questions, why aren't the Rangers rebuilding? Are they afraid of rebuilding? How do we mimic the Penguins? You can't really do one without the other. You need to get rid of your slower players and bring in more youth and speed. And right now, the Rangers are struggling to realize that they're not selling low on their star players. They're just overvaluing them. And that's why the Rangers have seemingly sat on their hands all offseason. Now, I do, I do have a different opinion on this, and I do want to get to our next question just, just one second. And I think the reason they sat on their hands is because management sort of knows uh, that their, their window is sort of closed. My, just my opinion, but let's get to this next question very quickly, and I'll, I'll elaborate on that. Uh, hey, love Blue Shirts Breakaway. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, listening to you guys all the <laughs> way from Norway. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> um, was wondering if you guys think the Rangers slash Will can, well, sorry, Will slash can improve on the defense on the offseason? Or do you think we are stuck with the defense we have? And also, are you sick as I am about reading about articles of Girardi and Saul sucking? We know by now. Thank you and have a good day, sir. And that's from a, a name I will, I will mispronounce, Snurris. <laughs> <laughs> um, do the Rangers want to improve their defensive rank? Yeah, of yes, course they do. Absolutely. Will they? No. Or can they? No, because their players they have, the Girardi and Stahl specifically, just do not have value. No team looks at those two guys with the contracts that are remaining on their ledger and see value. They're, you can't even sell them for two cents on the dollar. And this goes back earlier in the offseason, we talked about the move the um, Blackhawks made with the Hurricanes where they traded – Bicko, Bickle and Taravainen for basically cap space. And I said then, and I'll repeat now, the Rangers do not have a Tevu Taravainen that they could trade with Mark Stahl or Dan Girardi to make that contract digestible. Nope, not even a little bit. They don't have it. Um, I think Buknovich is a great, talented player and an interesting prospect, but We've seen Taravainen succeed at the NHL level. We haven't seen that from Book. So even and I don't think any Ranger fan at this point in time even wants to trade Book no, and get nothing in return. No way. That goes against everything they I want would, to do. I would flip so, out. I would run down the street screaming. So what are we left with? We're left with McDonough and Klein, which is still a perfectly fine, solid line defensive pairing. Yep. Um, I'm, I may not want that as my top defensive pairing, but. Beggars cannot be oh, choosers. Suck it up, Greg. I don't know what you, to tell you. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to hopefully get more Brady Shea this year, which in and of itself will be telling of the Rangers' defensive uh, future. If Dylan McElrath sticks around, we'll be seeing more of him. But, you know, plain and simple, we're stuck with Stall and Girardi. And as long as we're stuck with Stall and Girardi, well, this... it's hard to say that the Rangers' defense will get significantly better and yeah because i, I am tired we, we don't have the go on. I, 
before before you uh, you go, I'm just we don't have the cap room to bring in a significant defender, and we don't have the prospects to trade for one. And it from all sounds like the Shattenkirk for Nash was always fun to write about, but was never going to happen. It also might have been made up. Just so we're saying, it might yeah. have not been true. Thanks, Larry. Right, right. So, you know, uh, to answer the question, yes, the Rangers absolutely would love to improve their defensive ranks. No, the Rangers have no way to actually do that. The well is dry, um, and I think everyone knows that as, as a Ranger fan. Will we be competitive next year? Uh, I think we have a question about that that I will I will tease for later in the podcast. But for right now, let's get to this uh, this expansion draft question that I really enjoy here. Uh, Who is getting protected? Based on the current roster, I'm assuming RFAs are signed up. So, like, Kreider, uh, JT, all get signed up. Hayes, too. Um, if you don't trade Nash this summer, who do you leave unprotected next summer? To f- or do you free up the cap for the Las Vegas to choose him? So, absolutely, you free up the cap for, for Rick, Rick Nash to get picked. Um, unfortunately, as of right now, Mark Stahl and Girardi, and I, I was about to say before that I was sick and tired of, of hearing and reading all the articles about how much they suck, because um, I get it. And, and I'm thinking maybe Mark Stahl might have a, a sort of bounce back here this year. And by bounce back, I mean be serviceable. Girardi, I think, is done, and I do love the guy. And he did give me a lot of good years as Ranger. And I, I have a lot of respect for him. He's just done. Uh, we do have to protect both those guys. Mark, Gir- uh, Mark Stahl and, and Girardi have to be protected on, under this new ruling for the expansion draft, unless I'm wrong. Um, so that's two of our seven guys. So you, you asked who, were pro- who was going to be protected during this draft. Those are two. Um, after that, I'm pretty sure Kreider would be protected. I think JT Miller will stay. I think I think probably Stefan, which I could never say appropriately. And, and I'm not too sure after that. Uh, well, I, I do believe, unless the Rangers sign Kreider to a multi-year extension, he's an unrestricted free agent next year. That's so true. So no, they right. will not have an opportunity to protect him. Um, I do believe that it may not happen this summer, but one of Girardi and Stahl will be bought out. So the Rangers won't have to protect both. They'll have to protect one. They're going to buy out Girardi at the end of next year. Yeah. I, I, or Stahl. One of them will I think be it'll be Girardi. Is, Just my opinion. I, I'm, okay. And I would like it because I think Stahl is more useful right now. But that's the way it is. So uh, I'm going under the, I don't think, <laughs> as crazy as it is, Oh. I don't think the Rangers have three defensemen worth protecting. Oh, so you're so going the six the, route. So you'd go like Zuccarello. I'm going the six skaters. Yeah. I'm going the six skaters because the Rangers don't have to protect Shea and Book. They're not eligible, which is helpful because those are two guys they would have had to protect. Um, so you have to protect one of the not bought out defensemen, Stahl or Girardi. There's one. Okay. Uh, I think they, they protect Zook because that's just a great contract. That's two. Yep. I believe they'd protect Broussard, which is three. And then McDonough? Uh, McDonough would be four. Yep. Um, I would think that if he's on the roster still, Derek Stefan would be protected. Yep. To bring you to five. And uh, uh, Is that it? <laughs> no, get, I, I think... We get one I, more. I think, J- I think JT, JT Miller. Miller would be yeah. number six. I think JT Miller is number um, six. I think he's very important to the And I'm here. completely... I am not angry if... Uh, Nash goes good, good for Vegas. I'm not angry if Kevin Hayes, if he doesn't improve again this year. Okay. Like we tried with him. It's obviously not working this again. If he has a great year, then I think you have an interesting debate between 
uh, Miller and Hayes for that sixth spot. And it really depends if – so those two guys have their arbitration hearings coming up. really depends if one of those two decides to sign a multi-year extension before um, settling on a one-year deal. And I think if one of those does and the other doesn't, I think that's telling about what the Rangers are thinking long-term and who they would go with. But it's, it's a fun practice, and it's going to be a fun practice to continue to do to see – who are the guys the Rangers would protect, but it's important to remember the current construct of this Rangers roster isn't just going to change. It has to change because they need to make some moves somewhere. And I don't know who gets, I don't know if Kreider, I still have this funny feeling that Kreider is going to get traded. I don't know if it happens this off season or at the deadline. Um, And I think if he gets the unrestricted free agency, he's going to walk because the contract negotiations have been um, testy at every step of the way with Kreider, and I don't see it getting any better. So I think his time's limited. Yeah, well, you've always been Nash, a Kreider, like, I'll say it, just I have, hater. I, I, you've just been a huge hater on him the whole time he's been here. Well, I, I wouldn't say hater. I just think I just think a team that's starved for value can get something in return for Chris Kreider. And you're the guy that says the oh, Rangers I'm should have traded at the deadline. I'm, I like Kreider a lot. And, oh, I'm, that's my, my claim to fame in life, even though I got peer pressured out right. of it. Um. Right. So, so I'm we, of the opinion that if, if Chris Kreider's still in the Ranger, great. I think he can be a, a very good player in a top six forward. But I see value in moving him. And I think I, – I just – from everything I've read, it doesn't sound extremely likely that Chris Kreider is going to agree to a long-term contract with the Rangers anytime soon at a reasonable figure. And I know recently the Kyle Palmieri contract has been used as a um, good comparison. And, you know, if Chris Kreider wants to accept $4.5 million over the next four, five, six years, you can talk me into it, but... I don't think Chris Kreider views himself as a $4.5 million player. No, I think I Chris think Kreider views himself as a, the... as a $6.5 million player. Right, and I, I, I don't think under any circumstance Chris Kreider is worth that money, so I would prefer to move Chris Kreider. And I'm, I'm a Chris Kreider supporter, big time, on his jersey. Um, I agree with you. I would not pay six point five for the guy. He hasn't put up the production that we really wanted him to, to be. He never he became that superstar. I don't think he's top 50 points yet in his in one season. He I think 46 is his career high. He's a 20-goal guy. That's what he does, 20 goals every yeah, year. Yeah, he's a good complimentary player, but he wants to be paid like a top three forward, and I'm, I just don't have any interest in doing that. Unfortunately, I have to agree with you, and that hurt, hurts and sucks to say out loud. I'll put, that, put it that way. Um, and I, I think it's interesting to note that uh, the arbitration hearing schedule was released today. And Kreider is second on the list for the Rangers. They uh, they got McElrath first and then Kreider. So um, I think we're going to get resolution one way or the other on the Kreider front in the next couple weeks. Sad times incoming. Uh, this this yep. roster will be changing a lot. I know nothing's happened. Like I expected a lot of change, and I think you and I forecasted a lot of change this summer, and yet just we have this pretty much the same roster with the small additions this offseason. Just got to remember that the offseason doesn't end on July 1st. There's still a lot of time to go and a lot of moves to be made, and it's just going to take some patience. It's the quiet of summer right now, which is a weird thing to say, yes. but it is true. Uh, let's get into some other questions that are, are, are sort of Ranger-related, but a little more silly. 
Uh, and then I think we're going to get back to one more serious one later. But for right now, did Messier actually score the game-winning goal in Game 7 in 1994? Was he given credit? Because it looks like he never touched the puck. That's from 77 Columbus. Uh, fascinating question, because it's been a long time since I looked at the video. We had to go to the tapes. And, uh, we, went, we went to the tapes, and i got to tell you, I don't think Messier ever touches that puck. I don't think so. I, I, don't th I, think, I think that's an Adam Graves goal from his belly. Uh, but it, the narrative is so much better to give the game-winning goal to Messier when he guaranteed the cup and is the captain of the team. So I get the narrative behind it. But if you look at that video, no, he and, didn't touch uh, it. There, are some pretty, there are some pretty compelling YouTube angles on uh, the old, old interwebs. And it doesn't look like Messier. It not only does it look like Messier doesn't touch it, it appears that he doesn't even get close. It, yeah, like, it, he's on the ice, and he's standing next to the goal, but I don't see him come within a foot of the puck at any time. The scorer's table gave him that out of sympathy and out of narrative. Yeah, totally. It's a completely narrative-driven goal. But I think, and I don't know if Adam Graves and Messier have ever talked about it, I don't know. I, I don't know if they would care to, but uh, it it sure does look like an Adam Graves goal. I I totally agree. Also, I want to just say that last protected question was was uh, written in by Run and Jump Thirteen. Just want to call everyone out this podcast. Trying to get everyone in here. Um, I missed him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, why is Daniel Murphy so sexy from uh, Pegavian? Uh, fuck you. Next question. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, will Nathan Gerby and Zuccarello ever play on the same line and summon the power of midget gods to smite their taller foes from Smitty046? Gotta tell you, if Gerby and Zook are on the same line, either the Rangers have completely embraced the rebuild and Zook's the only man standing, or my God, are we injured. We are in, <laughs> we are in tough, tough times, my friend. Uh, yeah. That being said, like, I would maybe, love to maybe see the middle play... earth line. Yeah, and... I don't even know if you could put them on the same PK line because they're just so tiny. Uh, and I know Gerby's here because of his PK specialty, but yeah, no, if they're on the same line, Jesus, I don't even want to think of the kind of season injury wise. But the Greg, Rangers have had. let me bring this point to you. Think about how cute and adorable that line is. Have you ever thought about that side of things? You know, I had it until you mentioned it. And now, you're the other team. You're skating towards these cute little guys. What are you going to do? Score a goal? Why not just hang out and cuddle? Know what I mean? You're looking at it the wrong I, way. I do believe, There's be I, do better believe I know what you are saying. You do, you do know what I'm saying? Uh, yes. Okay, good. So that, that's the strategy behind that line. And I think maybe we'll try it when we're, uh, we're five games below 500 this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. Th I, I, if everyone's healthy, I don't think they ever try it. Um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here. Well, I hope that we can we can have it one time, just so we can have the Middle Earth line just once. That's all I ask. One time. One, one time. Just one time. Uh, Chuck Vist thirty asks, any idea how the Rangers value analytics? And uh, that's pretty much the, the entire question, uh, in a nutshell. Uh, we don't. Really, I, we I, we I, did say this before. I, I don't. They don't. They did value speed before everyone else. Uh, not before everyone else, but they were definitely I, on the I, speed yeah, train. I, but that's kind of like speed kills. Yeah, it's been around they, they forever, were, right? It's not really analytics. Right, and they were emphasizing speed when it wasn't quite as uh, trendy. I will say that they were ahead of the curve on that one. I mean, when the Rangers were trotting out 
Hagelin and Zuccarello on the same lines, we were dealing with teams that were putting, you know, Milan Lucic, Patrice Bergeron, and some other Bruin I'm not think about that were making like towers out of people or like uh, the Kings. When the Rangers played the Kings, we were talking about Dustin Brown, Anze Kopitar, Justin Williams. These guys weren't exactly burners. They were more, maybe Kopitar notwithstanding, but the rest of the team were grinders who would grind out offensive possessions, work the puck and score goals through patience and effort. And, uh, you know, look, there are a lot of fancy stats out there that'll tell you. And the eye test sure does back it up that Girardi and Stahl are pretty terrible and we're paying them <laughs> a lot of money. Yep. So you could, you could go either way on where the Rangers stand on analytics. I'm not, they definitely don't ignore them because they keep finding guys through their scouting, like Haglin, like Zuccarello, um, like Kreider, Kevin Hayes, J.C. Miller. Kevin Hayes was a like, first-round talent good. that got, got, got sent away from the Blackhawks. I didn't think that was hard. That wasn't a hard flyer to take, you know? Sure, but the Rangers have done good work to find talent in first-round picks because not every first-round pick makes it. Uh, the Rangers What is this first-round were... pick you speak of? <laughs> Once upon a time, the Rangers took a guy by the name of Hugh Jessamine in the first round who was this big, bulking center and just flamed out, never made any noise in the NHL. So the Rangers definitely value analytics, and they're definitely good at scouting. It's just they made some poor contracts when they shouldn't have, and now they're strapped, and this is where we are. But I will, I will, I will, I will tell you where I will we never stand say the Rangers analytics. don't value analytics. They were, they were in on um, speed, and they've been in on good scouting for a very long time. They just hamstrung themselves with some reckless contracts. Hockey analytics are also just so young, um, whereas baseball and basketball are, are now starting to get to a point where you just strictly but, can't ignore them. Uh, it's, still... it's important to remember how young basketball analytics are, too. Only, I mean, oh, it's only six years now. Maybe. Yeah, and the NFL is slowly adopting analytics. Uh, you know, we haven't really... Analytics hasn't been a huge catchphrase in the sport lexicon since Moneyball. And Moneyball came out, I think I read it the first time when I was a freshman in high school. So even that book, even that book is only, uh, let's see, it was dealing with the 2002 draft. So even that was only 14 years ago, which in and of itself is pretty crazy. Exactly. So, and I think hockey is is the furthest behind on analytics, and I I could be wrong in that. No, I know way more about basketball and, and MLB analytics to be to be perfectly honest with you guys. But uh, hockey seems to be just the hardest to track and the hardest to figure out because it's just such a I don't want to say random game because it's not random, but it is. It has a lot of factors to it with that puck. That was the most. Hockey, that was the most like hot take thing I've ever said. <laughs> where hockey has struggled is. Um, Turning their analytics into easily viewable something something understandable for the casual fan, uh, and I, I include myself in this. I do not know the inner workings of Corsi like I do the inner workings of War, uh, weighted runs created, yep. for example, in baseball, um, or, or PER um, in basketball. True, 
true, true, true shooting percentage in basketball, even to take it a step further. Like some things in other sports are more easily explained than things are in hockey. And I think that has hampered the viewing public's understanding of advanced metrics with the NHL, which makes it feel like the NHL is so far behind. That could be true. Um, but they might not be at all. Either way, uh, I think the Rangers have some very smart people in their front office and in their scouting department. I just think they made specifically two, maybe three very bad moves. And, and I would include the Yandel trade in these very bad moves, oh. by the way, because I, I just always love Duclair, and I will never be able to really... I'm having a great Monday. Really... Like, let's not go into that. Gonna... <laughs> I can't. So, right so I'll there, flip there, there's, your, there's your runaround answer. Uh, I don't know how analytic-speaking the Rangers are, but I know that they've had great scouting, and I know they've made some savvy moves, so I trust them. I just think they're in a very unenviable position right now. But if anyone from the Rangers analytics teams is listening right now and you want to come on, you know where to find us. Uh, yeah. Next question. Uh, what if, if any, what if any coaching adjustments can we expect slash hope to see next next season from Penguin Rocker two two two? I'm gonna go ahead and give that forgive that guy for his username, and th- and just say he, uh, and just say I, he really likes penguins. You know. I think the the easiest one is, you know, you'd hope the Rangers played the young guys and gave them meaningful roles. And we're speaking specifically of Shea and Buknovich. Um, and I guess you could include McElrath in that as well. You but definitely have to. I still think the ceiling on McElrath is not as high as the other two's. It's definitely guys. not. So also because A.B. hates McElrath. He absolutely hates him. Right. And so I, was, I would like A.B. to stop relying on the vets so much. And I hope that part of that is done by the Rangers off-season maneuvers where they just don't have as many veterans on the roster heading into next season. But, uh, I mean, it, it, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, right? And part of the reason why Jeff Bukaboom is on this staff now is not only to help the Rangers defensively, and they need it uh, after old Samuelson, but it's also Bukaboom was the head coach in Hartford. And the young guys the Rangers are trying to bring up, those are Book's players. So I think bringing him on the staff is a sign that the Rangers want more attention given to their young guys. Uh, it's just a matter of, will AV allow it? And we'll, we will see. There's really no other way to word that. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, mean, I don't need to, to elaborate on that at all. I agree with you totally. Uh, his second follow-up question is, who is the second, second sexiest Ranger? The first being Tanner Glass, of course. Uh, well, again, this is the uh, Hank notwithstanding. Correct. Um, an interesting I'll question. I'll go first. I'm a big Zuccarello guy. Kind of in on that. See, I would say Zuccarello as well, but then do women find his 5'6 frame unattractive? Like, is height an issue with Zook? That could be true. Uh, and according to the internet, that is very true. But uh, <laughs> he's a very good-looking guy. I like his beard. You know, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, I would, I would probably say not Kreider. Uh, I love Kreider's little sh- shit stash, though. It's awesome. I love that thing. <laughs> it, I, I would think it, you know, it might be J.T. Miller. J.T. Miller's a good-looking dude. 
You know, Matt Corral is really good looking too. Not to like gush over these guys. And the next question, by the way, is is uh, is yes, <laughs> give a fangirl uh, entire uh, podcast here. I, I I'm gonna butcher her name. It's gonna kill me. Uh, I, I'm so sorry. Sleep. It's it's kind of like sleepy. Uh, she's a mod on on our Rangers. I'm I can't say it. All. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But she asked uh, follow up question: Why are the Rangers the best looking team in the NHL? Not homer bias, just a scientific fact. I think the Rangers understand the importance of you got to have attractive players playing in New York. You got to look good. Like you got to look you, good. You and think then, the Mets signed? <laughs> and then you think the Mets signed Bartolo Colon because he's a 43 year old right handed pitcher that only builds no, a fastball? He's Hell an no. Absolute they signed stunt. Bartolo Colon because he's. He's big, sexy, baby. That's well, brought him in to be big, sexy. Dude is a stud, bruh. Um, bruh. Bro, I will say that the entire team is pretty good looking with the exception of Kevin Hayes. Shots fired. Also, uh... Ow, yeah, that hurt. Right? That Sorry, hurt. Kevin. Ooh, not my thing. Uh, what is your favorite food and why is it tacos? This is from JMU27Rs and then a Z. <laughs> um... He also asked a follow-up that I would call a taco a sandwich. We went over this. No, taco I said, he didn't ask that. I said you would probably call a taco a sandwich. Taco, taco is not a sandwich because it's got a hard shell. The taco, and a burrito, just so a we're burrito, clear. I think it, okay, welcome to, the part, <laughs> welcome to the part of the podcast where, we, where Ryan freaks out. Welcome, everyone. A taco is a very similar bun shape to a hot dog bun. But it's not a bun. Okay. But the, it connects, what, it is one piece. Okay. It is one piece. Here's the thing. And the taco is not a sandwich, the, therefore a hot dog buddy, is not a sandwich. But, no, a hot dog is a sandwich oh because if you put You're taco meat on a hot dog bun, you'd call that a meatball sub. I would not. <laughs> you would. You would. would. Not. And you're just having a hard time admitting that. A no. taco shell, it, a taco is its own food, oh basically. God. Because it's its own shell, it's its own meat, it's its own thing. Like, you can't just put potato chips around meat and call that a taco. You can do sacrilege. it. Have you ever had a choco taco? It's a, it's, there's nothing taco about it, but it's got, it's so got if you got a, if you got a meat dip and a tortilla chip, you're going to call that a taco. Is that what you're telling me? You know, I think that's no, more sacrilege than anything taco. I've said. That's not a taco. It's not a fucking taco. It's not a taco. Uh, I think a burrito is an interesting case, but I would not call a burrito a sandwich because it's enclosed. Okay, fine. What's right. your favorite food, Greg? Um, so favorite food it comes down to like, what do I want to order? Like, if I'm eating out, right. what do I want? What's going to make me happiest? Um, <laughs> ayo, ayo. Uh, usually 22, usually redheaded, not the point. Okay, um, okay. wow, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I okay. think it's a hamburger. I'll go first if you have a problem. It's a, ham- it's a, ham- it's a, it's a hamburger. You like a hamburger sandwich? Um, you a hamburger sandwich fan? Yeah, yeah. It would, it would be. Okay. All right. So here's the thing with me. Now, you know me, Greg. I love food. Love food. Nom, 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 nom. I don't get that vibe from you at all. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, Orion Mead, uh, I mostly only post pictures of me posing in weird positions. And also, that came out totally wrong for podcast listeners. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and great brunch picks. Now, brunch. Now, I know this is a cop-out answer. Brunch is my favorite food. Because at brunch, I order like five different things. I get the pancakes, I get the eggs, the bacon, I get everything. Brunch, brunch is your brunch is your favorite meal. Brunch Br- itself cannot. Brunch is be my a favorite food. meal. Fine, that getting that out of the way because brunch definitely is my favorite. Pizza is the all end all be all in my life, and will always be the end all be all in my life. 
And I know that's a cliche answer, and I'm from New York, but I grew up on pizza. My mom, just not to get too real with you guys, but to get real, my mom worked at a restaurant growing up, and she brought pizza boxes home every night, and all I ate for my entire childhood was pretty much pizza. So, and I'm still not sick of it. I love it. I agree with you. Nobody dislikes pizza. However, and if you do, don't talk to me. Just to be clear. Here's, my, here's, here's why burgers are my favorite because it is very, very hard to make a bad hamburger. It takes – you have to go out of your way to make a bad hamburger. I can disagree mind. with this like, and I will argue this point right now. If you eat anything more than medium rare, you can have a bad hamburger. Right, but and that's that's easy to do. Is, like, if you're at a grill, uh, the grill the grill master is like too busy. He's talking to everyone. He's on his third beer. That thing's gonna be well I done. I don't oh, want it. I don't want charcoal. But first of all, if I'm at a grill out, okay, my cook does not get to drink until my food is served. Oh wow, okay, that's Shots rule number one. But here's 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 what I'm saying. Like, I can have a. There are such things as bad pizza, and I am that is very disgusted true. and offended. I am disgusted and offended by bad pizza. Like, you go to a restaurant or somewhere, and they have pizza on the menu. That ain't fucking pizza. That's microwavable. You ass. Put a little effort into it. Let me sidetrack you real Uh, quick, and then we'll get back right back to this. Um, You may may or may not know I'm going to Las Vegas this weekend, and we will be recording our podcast late next Monday night. Um, Ooh, excited. That being said, and my famous catchphrase here, there's a place in Las Vegas that I didn't know about until a uh, frequent Las Vegas goer talked to me and said, you have to go to Secret Pizza. It's not advertised anywhere, and it's, like, hidden in the Cosmopolitan behind, like, four alleyways and three doors. So my Who goal... would have thought the place called Secret Pizza is not advertised? Yes, yes. So my goal, one of my goals in Las Vegas this weekend is to uh, go to Secret Pizza and find it. So I'm, I will be using the internet to find that, uh, that location probably. But I will report right. back on how but... Secret Pizza is. So here's here's why. I guess I, I guess I'm saying my favorite food is pizza because I hold I hold I, I just I hold you it in such to go high from regard to pizza. <laughs> well, like I hold I hold pizza in such high regard that I'm like physically offended by bad pizza. Whereas a hamburger, I would say, is my safest food. Like I've never had a bad burger. Like if I go to I've definitely had perfect a bad example. Fuddruckers is to hamburgers what Papa John's tries to be to pizza. I can't stand Papa John's pizza, but I will eat a Fuddrucker burger every day. Okay, that's kind of like, fair. Or f- five, five Guys. I can go down on oh, Five Guys no matter all, what. You, are you trying to call Five Guys bad? Want... Get out of here. Five Guys is great. No, 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 no. But I'm saying, like, fast, not McDonald's or Burger King burgers. Like, burger chain places. A Five Guys. I can fuck with it every day. Pizza Hut, I'd rather not eat. Like, oh, I'd rather uh, no, not get food. There's, yeah, I'd rather just sit home. Right. I'd so, like, that, that's my thing. Like, hamburger is safe. I can go many places and get a hamburger and be fine. Pizza? Hell no. If you're going to offend me with that shit, let's not even hang out or eat food. Let's just drink more water. Hashtag <laughs> drink more water. <laughs> Hashtag drink more water. Um, so here's a bunch of different questions from our friend Jedi Master Chief, who's been following the show for a long time, who I think we've shouted out. This might be the fifth time we've shouted him out. Um, what are your thoughts on any of the previous third or fourth jerseys the Rangers have had? I know you own one. I mean, I've, correct? I own, I, I am a big fan of Lady Liberty, and I would like Lady Liberty to come back. Uh, I actually like Lady Liberty, too. I will too. say, 
I will say, though, I am a stickler for tradition. And there's something, there's something simple and elegant about the Rangers across the chest, blue and white jerseys. Like, they're just timeless. Oh. They work everywhere. I love the so Rangers jersey. I'm, I, all, I'm all about it. I, I don't much enjoy the Rangers going to I, – I get why they do it. They want to sell more jerseys. I prefer just the classics, though, outside of Lady Liberty. However, Vegas, again, if you're listening, just Ugh. call yourself the Aces. Just call yourself you Aces. Give yourself what are you doing? Four different variations what of jerseys off Vegas? the bat. So it angry. just blows my mind. Like, for some teams, I get it and it Excuse works. Me. For the Rangers, I, I just like the simple and the elegance of the blue and the white jerseys with the Rangers down the side. I love them. Don't touch them. It's perfect. We're good. I would like one game this year with Lady Liberty. Not going to happen, but I would like one. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, that'd be fine. But, yeah. like, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need six different variations of jerseys. How did you guys become Ranger fans? Because neither of you live in New York, right? Uh, no, I'm from, <laughs> I'm from Long Island, actually. I'm, uh, I'm, a, and, I'm a Babylon train right away from New York City. And I grew up in Connecticut and went to college in New York. So, uh I was exposed. I now live in Georgia. That yes. is true. I am far away now. But I, I became I, – I, I will let you go first because I am curious about your origin story. So uh, my origin story starts like most things. My father forced me to watch sports at a very young age. And by force, I mean I was a kid and I liked it. Uh, and uh, during the cup year, I was, four, I was five years old. And I, I have very fond memories of uh, – one of the few fond memories I have of my uh, – of dad bonding time of watching the Rangers win the cup. And I was, uh, after that obsessed with that team and obsessed with Brian Leach. I had a big Brian Leach poster in my, in my room. And I followed the Rangers, uh, very closely as a, as a child until the, the early two thousands. Uh, for me, I came to the Rangers late in life. Uh, I was on my own. My dad does not like hockey, not a big fan. So I kind of had to go about it my own way. I would say it was after the, 02 or 03 lockout when uh, Yager was on the Rangers scoring on a shit ton of points and goals. Um, and they had Sean Avery, who I found incredibly entertaining. Uh, Sean Avery, by the way, player. asking people on Snap, asking homeless people on Snapchat what time it is. Get a life, yeah, Sean Avery. He's an asshole. Go home. He's an asshole. <laughs> Uh, I hate him as a person, but as Sean Avery, the hockey player, goes, an amazing watch. dude was hilarious. I loved him. Uh, so I fell in love with those post-lockout Rangers, and that was like the first Ranger team that was also really good since their cup year. So it was easy to root for a winner. Uh, and then I, I've, I've, I mean, I interned with the Rangers in college, and I think that just clinched it that being able to you, work with uh i mean that that sealed the deal like i wasn't watching the rangers every night even after i got into hockey in the yaga years and then when i interned with the rangers i had to watch them every night and then i got to a point where i wanted to watch them every night and that that clinched it so if you really want to be a ranger fan uh intern at madison square garden yeah totally it's worth super it. easy go ahead and do it um, I'm, I'm really glad that we, we both got our internship jobs. Um, <laughs> well, I could have worked at MSG and yeah. I should have worked at MSG, but my parents moved and I was a broke graduated college kid that was not about to pay rent 
in New York City to work in New York City. So I went where rent was cheap, which is Georgia, and I have regrets. Regrets. Greg has a few. Um, does, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of regrets, the Mets, does Daniel Murphy actually have a shot at the NL MVP? Uh, fuck no, he does not, <laughs> because I'm going to kill him. Okay. All right. And, uh, Greg, um, and Greg is joking, uh, uh, NSA? I, NSA, Greg is joking. If, I, if I'm honestly answering this question. As an honest man. I mean, you got to put him he's gotta be in, in the top five right now, right? Like, yeah, he's got to be in there. He's got to be in the conversation. Uh, I don't know if there's one Cub having an all-out better season than Murph. I think that's like a team effort, and I think they're all going to kind of take away from each other. Kershaw would have been um, would have been on this if he didn't hurt himself, so he would have been number one to win the NFL. Would have would have been on it if he didn't hurt himself, and if the Dodgers tanked when he left. Right. But I mean, if he comes back and keeps dominating, yeah, I don't I don't think there's any question. Uh, but it, I still think it's hard to give MVP to some guy that only pitches more, uh, in twenty percent of your games. Like that's hard to do. Yep. I agree. Um, Justin Verlander won it that one year uh, and didn't. Who else won it? Recently? Well, Kershaw, Kershaw is the defending MVP, ain't he? Like, didn't he win MVP last year? No, Harper did. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was about to say Harper totally. Uh, yeah, it would be if Kershaw comes back and he doesn't miss a beat and he has a 25 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio and an ERA under 2. Hard to argue Kershaw. But if, I mean,. Murph is probably one of the five best hitters in the NL right now. He's, crazy. He's outperforming Harper. Um, Chris Bryant, I would think, is the Cub representative right now. Don't Almost you think? certainly, yes, yes. Uh, uh, I, I just can't believe the year Daniel Murphy's having right now. It's it's unreal. there's the, the, the Giants are doing it as a team. Like when I think best Giant, it's Bumgarner. Yep. I don't think of any other hitters. I think Posey, uh, and I don't think I, think I think thinking Posey's fair. And he's not. He's not lighting the Posey, world on fire. Is Posey at all. having? Is Posey? No. he's not having that great of a year. No, he's not. He's having. He's having a, a, a decent Posey year, but I'm yeah. not thinking MVP when I think Buster Posey. Uh, yeah, yeah, it fucking pisses me off. First, let me let me go on a quick rant here. Go on, First Greg. Go forth. To all the Met fans, and there are a lot of you out there right now that are saying, I told you so, and I don't understand why the Mets didn't sign Murphy. Take a giant step back and literally fuck your own face. <laughs> because nobody, nobody could have seen this coming, could have predicted this, or thought that Murphy on a five-year deal was a good idea. And here's why. Here's the biggest reason why no one saw this coming. Murph was the third fucking option for the Nationals. They wanted Zobris like the Mets. They missed out. They wanted Brandon fucking Phillips before they wanted Murphy. And they didn't get Phillips because Phillips said no. That's the only reason why Daniel Murphy at this point in time is a Washington National. Because Brandon Phillips <laughs> said no. I love when you get angry. So, Fuck you for saying – and it's – shut up. The Mets would have gladly taken Murphy back on a one-year deal. They wouldn't have offered him the qualifying offer. Yeah, but if I'm Murphy, there's no they, way I'm taking in the one year. No way. You know what, buddy? He fucking should have because he's only getting paid $12 million a year now. He could have been getting $15.8 million this year and hit the free agent market again. He could get like fucking $20 million right now if he's having this year for the Mets. But at the same time, no one would have thought he'd be I, – I, I fucking hate Mets fans that think Murph was fucking predictable 
because he had a hot week in the postseason. Shut the fuck up. You're an idiot. You're wrong. The Mets did the right thing. They wanted Zobris first, who, by the way, having a great fucking year. Zobris is having an amazing year and is starting in the All-Star game over Daniel fucking Murphy. I mean, Two, it's not like I miss Zobris Mets, or anything, so it's okay. The Mets still made the right move by getting Neil Walker because they traded John Neese, who, by the way, is having a terrible year. Yeah, he's garbage. And they got another guy that they're going to offer a qualifying offer at the end of the year who's also going to say no, which means the Mets are going to get another draft pick to rebuild a farm system that they had to trade to make the World Series last year. So it still makes perfect sense. Murph could have come back if he wanted to. He didn't. God bless. Yes, it's terrible that Murph is literally bending the Mets over at every corner and sticking it in places that nobody wants it. But no, you didn't see this coming. Nobody saw this coming because he's never done this before in his career. His career high war coming in this year was 3.1. He's already at 3.7. So there's no track record to say Murph was going to do this. He, he, there's just nothing. I get it, Greg. Even I if get the Mets, it. your rant is over. Even I, if the I'm Mets, reeling you in, even buddy. Even if the Mets had Murph, I'm even if the Mets in. had Murph right now, we're so goddamn injured, it probably doesn't make that big of a deal. Okay, uh, later in this podcast, Keeter was going to ask a question about how the Mets are doing. Do you want to just finish that up now? Uh, well, you know, another fucking Monday, another I don't know where the Mets are because we sweep the Cubs, we take two or three from the Marlins, and then we shit our pants against the Nationals. Uh, so we're once again tied for second with the Marlins, who I think are still going to fall off the table, so they don't worry me. I think I'm, I'm – I've, I've said this to Mets fans. Uh, I'm – the Mets are playing for a wild card, and I, I just don't see any way – we're just – we're too injured. I think is what it comes down to. If the Mets play best finish on the DL after the all-star break, I'd be pretty close to saying good job, good effort and calling it a year because no Duda, no Cespedes, no Harvey, who knows? No Harvey who was pitching like shit anyway, but at least we know why it was pitching like shit. Now it's explainable. Um, Cindergaard literally had his arm go dead in his last start. That's not good. That's no uh, bueno, my friend. It's not good. When, you're, when your healthiest hitter is uh, arguably – shit, I don't even know who the healthiest is. I was say, who is James it? Loney? Oof. Is it James Loney? It, it might be James Loney because Walker's got issues. Cabrera's got issues. Granderson's got issues. Cespedes might have to go on the DL. Lagares is playing with a torn thumb ligament. Travis Darno is a sneeze away from throwing out his back. Like, the healthiest Met right now is probably the god Wilmer Flores or Jose Reyes? James Loney. Jose Reyes? I don't even know if he's healthy. I don't know. He's okay. probably on steroids, so he's probably healthy. Um, he definitely And your is. healthiest pitcher, our only pitcher that we can say is healthy, is Bartolo Colon. How is who that I real? love and adore, but he's 43, and he's our only healthy pitcher. He's it. That's it. That's our only guy. So, uh, you know... And the Mets are not going to make a move for a hitter. We don't have the pieces to make a move for a hitter. You want to know who the Mets might trade for? Rich Hill. What a weird place we're in where the one person the Mets might trade for is a pitcher because the Mets entered this season with 12 of them, and now they're all dead. And Wheeler's nowhere near ready to come back. Sometimes it's just not your year. Come back next Monday for another, another time of Mets segment with Greg. Um, and you know what? The funny thing is, next Monday, I'm sure the Mets are going to like sweep the Phillies this week, and I'm going to be like, we're back, baby. We're back. We're, we're in it. We're in it. We're alive. 
God, what a what, this this season has been a goddamn roller coaster. Let's keep this mailbag. I, I have not enjoyed it. I'm gonna I'm gonna move us through this last this last home stretch of this mailbag. Uh, do it. Do you like the? This is still from Jedi Master Chief. Do you like the home run derby? Should the All Star Game decide the home field in the World Series? You and I could talk for the next 45 minutes about this. Actually, no, we couldn't. We agree, right? This is the dumbest idea. Let's keep it simple. Uh, fuck no. Should the All Star Game no not determine even a home, home field? What are you doing, MLB? I get it. You need people to tune in because you want the ratings. Oh. Yeah, they're gonna tune in anyway because there's nothing else on TV. There's literally yeah, no there's other no sports, sports on TV whatsoever. People watch the All Star Game because they're bored. It's either, like tomorrow, the options are All-Star Game or Deadliest Catch. Ooh, what are you going to watch? Deadliest Catch, though. I might actually watch Deadliest Catch. <laughs> I know. That was a bad example. <laughs> that was a terrible um, example. But, no, it should not determine home field advantage. That, sir, is ridiculous. Do I like the home run derby? Absolutely. Well, I bet money on Giancarlo Stanton and Will Myers to win the derby, so I like the home run derby this year. I hate Chris Berman, though. I wish he wasn't a part of this derby. Back, back, um, back, back, back. <laughs> yeah, not not a big fan of his. Not, do you know uh, like that? I don't get it. No, no, not really. But yeah, no. All All Star Game should not determine home field advantage. Best record of the two teams playing in the World Series Preach, should determine my friend. home Preach. field advantage. That's what should happen. I agree with you. Um, last question for Jedi Master Chief: What's guacamole? Huh, interesting. Uh, Google for that. Uh, is it like smashed avocados, but does it make like some sort of smoothie too? I, I it's more like a salsa than it is a smoothie. It's First of all, ketchup worse. is not a smoothie. Ketchup is not yeah, a smoothie. Idiot. Just, I didn't say it was. I was just asking the question. Yes, yeah, a stupid question. All right, fine. Um, Get a stupid answer. Uh, it, guacamole yeah, guac- is delicious. Guacamole, I, I see it as a salsa. It's a salsa. It's a dip. Like it's, it's in a, that family. It's a dip or a, it actually might be a condiment. This is a good question because I have guacamole on a lot of things. I put guacamole I on call poutine. It, I put it on poutine. I want to call it. Would would you call would you call pesto a condiment? I don't know. No, no, I wouldn't. I think it's more like pesto than it is like ketchup. Okay, that's fair. I got uh, food poisoning from pesto once, and I can no longer eat it. It makes me upset. Mm, I have that way with um, straight shots of alcohol. Oh, okay. <laughs> Greg, if you ever need to talk, I'm right here, bud. Um, <laughs> I, I got I got a meeting every month that I go to and talk that out. It's uh, every Monday on Blue Shirts Breakaway. Also, Corey Seager just hit 12 home runs. How did that happen? Corey Seager has a power bat, right? I don't think he's really hit a lot of home runs this year, but he can hit the ball. Um, I mean, it's batting practice. Favorite Ranger jersey you own or your dream jersey from Crow TR2? Favorite jersey we've talked about. My Jed Ortmeier is number one. Right. Lady Liberty Jed Ortmeier. I mean, Uh, my dream jersey would be a 94 uh, signed Brian Leach jersey. That would My dream jersey for you is a tenor glass that I'm going to buy you for Christmas. I cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait. Uh, right, a, right, after, right after I get a mic, though. Good, good, so. and a PC. Um, so that, that question was easy. Uh, we're almost we're almost. Well, I mean, I didn't, say my, I didn't say my dream jersey. Oh, sorry. I thought your dream jersey was the one you owned. No, it's – I mean, I would love a Jeff Bookaboo because I love Jeff Bookaboo. Oh, well, back on the, back on the big leagues there. And uh, well, those can't be too expensive, can they? Maybe. Uh, they might be because they're hard to find at this yeah. point in time, I would think. The rarity factor. Um, yeah. Here, here's a question I don't know. I know literally nothing about. Thoughts on UFC slash Lesnar oh. and is shawarma a sandwich from Old Man Herbert 22? First of all, I thought shawarma was a form of yoga. I had no idea it was food. <laughs> Dude, at the end of Avengers, the extra scene, they're all eating shawarma. Oh, they were. They, uh, see, 
I didn't know they were eating shawarma. I know he says there's a shawarma place. I don't know what it is. I was like, maybe it's a yoga studio. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, learned today. I learned shawarma is food. Okay. Uh, no idea what it is. I don't think it's a sandwich. It might be. Uh, I'm gonna do more research on shawarma, and then we'll come back for that question. I'll have to look at it. Uh, what but, What was the first part? Oh, UFC. Oh, UFC. Lesser. So I, I I did purchase UFC 200. Watched the whole thing. It was entertaining. I don't know if it was worth. I don't. Did I feel like I got my money's worth? I feel like I got close. I wasn't blown away by anything. Um, the important takeaway from it is Lesnar, and I think Lesnar proved that he's got something left in the tank. How much he has? He was. He was definitely gassed and winded after the fight, uh, mostly because he, you know, he put in a lot of work. He took down Mark Hunt, who's hard to take down multiple times through three rounds. The second round was concerning because they, you know, neither guy did anything. And when I say neither guy did anything, right, I mean neither guy did anything. Oh, like they, they threw just, they maybe five like punches. They threw maybe a total of five punches, and the judges. Um, put the fight at 9-9. Like, nobody won the round because nobody did anything. Hmm. That was a concerning moment, but I think Lesnar has at least one more UFC fight in him, and I think now that he has the taste, he's going to do it. I don't think there's any convincing him otherwise. I'm pretty sure Lesnar will be fighting again in the UFC. Uh, and he and has I guess the leverage the to do that take... because of the WWE. And oh, the yeah, no, is. there's nothing to... If the WWE tells him, no, you can't do that, Lesnar will just be like, yes, I can. I am voiding my contract. Goodbye. They need um, him. They need him right now. And I would like Lesnar to fight one more time because I think – I don't think it's out of the – I don't think it's outrageous to say Brock Lesnar could be UFC heavyweight champion again. I think it's totally plausible after what he showed on Saturday. And the second biggest takeaway – I'll make it quick because I know you don't care. I don't care uh, at all. Jose – Jose Aldo is back, and I could not be more excited for Aldo McGregor, too. And I think it's going to be a great fight. Oh, I do, I do know the name McGregor only because of the internet. Yeah. Um, you, you're going to be, you, you are going to be excited and interested enough in McGregor Aldo, too, that you'll probably find a way to watch. Okay. Let me, let me just put it that way. All right, that's fair. And I, I probably will, to be honest. Um, yes, you will. Absolutely. And these last questions come from our boy Keatner, who, uh, who is an active listener of this podcast. Thanks again for doing the podcast, especially in the summer when things have been a bit slower. You're telling us. Uh, are there any players slash prospects you guys are excited to watch? For instance, I know a lot of people were excited to have Book over, um, but I'm really excited for Shea. I think it's helped that we had a chance to watch him. I'm so excited to watch Booch. I'm, I couldn't be more excited to watch him. The hype train is, is in, and I'm on it. Uh, choo-choo, let's go. Uh, I like Shea a lot. Actually, we mentioned Shea very early on in our podcast run here that we were trying to legitimately get him on this podcast before he was like even on the team. Um, guess what didn't happen? Haha. So yeah. uh, I, I'm a big fan of Shea. I'm ex- really excited to watch both those guys. And you know, other than that, no, not particularly. Not anyone. I'm too excited to watch. Nah, mostly because ain't no one left. <laughs> ain't no one left, my friend. That's it. The well's dry. Ain't no one left. I'll turn on the Arizona. I know games we're kind of copping out when we say that, but yeah, there really ain't no one left. Um, on, we'll watch. We'll watch uh, Declare on maybe, Arizona. Maybe Ryan Graves? Like, I don't know. I can't be excited about that. Graves That's like being excited about – just not excited about it. Graves can't do has it. another year Cannot in the do NHL. It. He's not doing anything. Cannot do it. Um, 
Any thoughts about how you feel on this upcoming season? I realize it's hard to say without knowing what our roster might look like. Yep, so we've said that many times. But for instance, yep. I know a lot of people just think we're a, a wildcard team. Yeah, we might be one of those people. Do you do you always We think, might not be. Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you always think that making the playoffs is a chance for a cup? Yeah, we've said that a plenty of times. So we'll get I guess we'll get I'll finish yep. this question. Hold on. Because I think that was what's happened to us this year. And if we have another early exit, I think we'd rather take the higher pick. Yeah, okay. Uh, again, I realize it's hard to say now, plus probably easier in foresight. We have with that uh, with everything we have from last season. Yes, it got through that one. Um, I would rather I. Well, Greg, you go ahead and give your spiel about making the playoffs. Make well, playoffs. I've said I I've definitely said on the podcast before that if the Rangers don't make a single move, they will be competing for a wild card spot. And I'd say uh, probably fifty fifty that they get one. Um, which is not a good position to be in. But I've also said, if the Rangers just make the playoffs, anything can happen. You just got to you got to get to the dance in order to win the whole thing. So and it, you got really a one a shot sword if you get to the dance. I can't believe we're talking about the playoffs July 11th, 7-11 day, by the way. Oh, free Slurpee day. Didn't even realize. Um, no, well, I know what I'm doing after this. Point. Oh, my God. Mark Trumbull just hit one on top of the Western Metal Supply Company building. Wow, what a man. That's, that's a far way away and high. Um, it's a double-edged sword because if you do make the playoffs and you're, you're out in four or five games, uh, oh you don't, you don't get that high pick anymore. And that obviously is what we need as a team. And it wasn't really worth it. I'm not too sure. So uh, I, Oh, my God. I'm, I'm starting to realize I, I'm cutting you off here. Yes, but you are. Corey Seager might get eliminated in the first round of this home run derby. And he hit 15 home runs. That's a lot. Mark Trumbull's got 13. He's got a minute left. Well, uh, I should have, I should have, I should have bet on Mark Trumbull. I feel like an idiot. Oh man, what is hindsight? He's right? gonna be. He's. Oh my. Oh my God. This is. Dude, this is you know, Hamilton. Act. You got to. You need to turn this on. I'm not even kidding anymore. Like this is. This is fucking outrageous. All right. Well, we're very close he, to finish this podcast. Just so you know. Jesus Christ. He just beat Seeger With fucking. Time, Time to, to spare. Time to go. All right. I've well, never seen anything like that before in my life. What did Hamilton have? Didn't he have 24? This is before the time limit. Uh, yeah, he had something outrageous, and Trumbull would have gotten there easy if there wasn't. It, even with the time limit, he would have gotten there easy. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, like, continue, continue, continue. All right, we're almost done. So, yeah, making the playoffs, obviously, in the first round and being out in the first round is bittersweet especially if you don't get the high pick. And uh, as our friend, good friend James Clark has mentioned on this podcast before, next year's draft is very deep. So it might be a good time for us to – if there's any year for us to not make the playoffs, this might be it. Uh, but if there's any year to have two first-round picks, it's probably next year. Yeah, it is. Um, but we should – I don't think we will. I think we will compete and we'll be, we'll be until the end with the, into the wild card. That's my personal opinion. Greg's too. Uh, Greg's too Agreed. caught up in the in the. No, madness. no, no. I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. All right, we're uh, we're down to our last two here. You ready? Yes. What's the best worst movie you guys have ever seen? For example, the room is oh. pretty common. Uh, I I don't think there's competition. It's it's Starship Troopers. Oh, that's a good one. I did not see that coming. It it's not even close. It is Starship Troopers by. Uh, like 16 miles it is so bad yet it's so bad that at some point you get wildly entertained by it um 
I, I do enjoy that movie. I haven't seen it in a hot minute, to be perfectly frank and upfront with it's you. All, it's always on AMC. I don't know why. I don't it's watch cable. On I really don't. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I never watch it when it's on. Like it's a movie. It's a movie. The only way you can watch it is from the beginning, and you need to clear out the rest of your day. A good friend of mine, and this is my answer, forced me and my friends to watch MacGruber. Uh, and MacGruber. I have to say, MacGruber is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it is so enjoyable and so quotable. The first time I watched it, I legitimately fell asleep. I can't even. <laughs> it was so bad. Well, here's. But see now, here's why I would say that you shouldn't qualify because well, that's a movie trying to be bad. I no, like, I, the oh, whole you think it's of, trying to be bad? I, I think it tried to be legitimately well, funny, and then it was just awful. But but my point is, on my the point second is and third watches, it's amazing. My point is, it's not trying to be good, right? It knows what it is. It's not taking itself seriously. And you think Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers is like legitimately trying to be good? <laughs> I think they're trying to. I think they were they were going for Oscars. In that movie, you did. It just didn't come out that way. I don't way. think that at all. <laughs> like, I don't think I don't think the actors thought they were making a comedy when they were making Starship Troopers. Whereas, it became hilarious because the acting is just so bad. MacGruber is a comedy, okay. so like, so it's purposely bad. I'm not expecting it to be good. Like, Starship Troopers was taking itself seriously, where MacGruber was not. I laughed a lot during Benjamin Button. Because I thought that movie was awful. <laughs> I hated that oh. movie. Uh, as I, I was like, oh. as I was sitting in the theater, I was like, "This is the stupidest movie I've ever seen." And I just kept laughing. So that might be my answer. I'm trying to trying to think of another movie that took itself seriously that I was just like, "Oh, The Happening" is a is second for me. Is that the Fog movie? No, that was the Plants Are Killing Us movie. Oh the yeah, the Plants that's Are Talking to Each Other and Killing Us movie. That's another Ed Knight, right? Ed Knight Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah, that's. I probably saw it under the wrong circumstances. Like I saw it in a packed theater that was taking it very seriously. And I had a buddy drag me to see that movie. And I was a little buzzed going into it. And I think halfway through, I'm the only guy laughing. But that movie was just Speaking of which, did you see Swiss Army Man this week? I'm excited to see it. I've not seen it yet. Did see it this weekend. I will say no spoilers. But I will say this because you just mentioned uh, being in the theater. I was in the theater with a friend of mine. And uh, we, we were the only two people laughing. (laughs) <laughs> it was like maybe like 20 people in the theater and everyone else kind of just didn't get it and we were dying laughing we loved it so but you uh, loved it right I like you, you spoke highly of it I, I loved it it's it's very weird but strangely deep but very self-aware of how crazy it is you're telling me a movie about a guy using another guy as a swiss army knife is weird yeah yeah it's very weird the, the soundtrack is amazing and uh, it, it was so well filmed. I, and I laughed. I, I giggled and laughed like maybe 70% of the time. I loved it. But so. yeah, so my, my top two easily, Starship Troopers 1, The Happening 2. Okay. Uh, and finally, the last question that I've all been waiting for. I've all. Yeah, that's good English. Uh, have you guys been playing Pokemon Go? And if so, any interesting stories? Well, Keaton, I'm glad uh, you asked. Greg? I will go first. No. Okay. Your turn. <laughs> Um, I have been playing Pokemon Go. I downloaded the APK last week before it actually even launched on the Google Play Store. And uh, since then, I've, I've been playing a lot. I've already watched 20 kilometers with my, uh, with my Pokemon Go. So I have some pretty interesting stories. This morning, I woke up extra early at 6 a.m. to go to a local hotspot for Pokestops. That's right. That's right, Ranger fans. This is what I did this morning. And it was just me and this one other guy in the suit walking to the Babylon train station. And we both caught an Electabuzz at the same time, and we just like looked at each other, nodded, and fist bumped. 
And that was, it was like a really great start to my day. This, it's really taken over my life. Um, I, I was uh, visiting New Paltz this weekend, and the entire town was playing. There was 200 people just walking around playing Pokemon Go. I was maybe a little intoxicated, just a little bit, um, at 2 a.m. on this little street in New Paltz called Water Street. And there was a gym down there, and there was 35 people just sitting around playing Pokemon Go at 2.30. And everyone just talked crap to each other about their teams. And last night, and this is the last thing I'll say... I went, I, again, I went back to the village of Babylon, home to the wonderful train, um, and there's this lake called Lake Argyle, and there was 200, and there had to be at least 250 people walking around this lake, so much so that the cops were coming and arresting people for playing Pokemon Go. I watched someone get searched for drugs for playing Pokemon Go. It was an incredible moment. Uh, uh, I'm starting <laughs> to feel better about my Stanton pick, by the way. He's just, oh, he's just hitting bombs. He's crushing the ball? But yeah, so Pokemon Go yeah. has been a wonderful experience for me. I unfortunately am on Team Red because I was uh, peer pressured into it, just much like my uh, my Yandel stance uh, that I, I retook. Uh, was something happened? Stanton just hit one over the Stanton just hit one over the batter's eye in center field. That guy is uh, pretty strong. Oh. All right, well I'm gonna, let, the, I'm, like, gonna, I'm gonna let Greg go so we can watch this home run derby. As you guys maybe have noticed, Greg loves to watch TV during the pod. Olympic diving, Love, run derby, Mets games. I always the the best is the tradition is I usually like I did it tonight. Like tonight, I specifically wanted to watch the home run derby. But normally, my plan is to find something I, you won't so watch. not entertaining that I'll focus on the podcast. And then you always talk and, about it. <laughs> well, I shouldn't have watched the diving trials. Is basically what it came well, down. The to. diving trials was, that was, was a mistake. Great. It was a great thing. Um, so this honestly though, this home run derby. Uh, might set the record for most home runs hit by everybody. Like, usually someone only has, like, a two-homer round and is just, like, booed off the stage. But Trumbo just beat Corey Seager 16-15. to 15, And Stanton's got two-plus minutes left on the clock, and he's already up to 10. Crazy. Um, well, like, I this think, is nuts. I like, every ball everyone... he's hitting is just... Oh, my God, this is great. I love it. All right, Greg, I love we're it. going. We're getting out of here, but... I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, it's been the summer. We're still somehow going to pod. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about the rest of this summer. If you guys have any ideas I, um, that you guys want us to I talk about. I might just ask people questions. I might just do call-outs every week for questions. No, I think that would get old quick. So I think we might have theme podcasts. But we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. Oh we'll, figure, we'll figure it out. I, I, how, many questions, how many times could they ask us how we think of our defense is shitty, you know? Um, <laughs> well, so, you know, as many times as they want, because there are listeners. But if you guys have any, you like, give the people what they want. Have any theme podcasts or suggestions that you guys want to hear us talk about? Feel free to email us in at blueshirtbreakaway at how about, gmail.com How about this? Oh, speaking of which, someone next, did send. Wait, Greg. Wait, I'm talking. Jesus, Greg. Oh, oh Jesus. Uh, um, I, someone did send in a question to blueshirtbreakaway.com, and we will get to that next week. What were you saying, Greg? Uh. I will see Swiss Army Man sometime this week, okay. and we can discuss that. I also want to discuss the new HBO miniseries, The Night Of. Okay, I need, to, I need I was, to watch that, and I will. we will do that too. I was so blown away by the two-hour premiere that I, I want to talk about it in depth with someone. Okay, so pretty much get ready for the rest of the summer here. Here's what you have to look forward to. A lot of TV talk, probably a lot of food talk, and then any range of oh news that God. comes your way. Oh, and, and your weekly Mets rant. So if you, if you like that... Oh my. That's what we're going to talk about. Oh, I, another show we need to talk about uh, if we do get into a lot of TV this summer. Uh, Mr. Robot needs to be done. I need to watch season one. Needs to be done. Got to do it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever come close to that 
ranting about anything like I ranted about Daniel Murphy. Nope, probably won't. But uh, that was a that was an oh epic, my god, an epic rant. Oh my god! He oh, just hit, Greg, he just tell, hit a ball tell me how off. far he hit the ball, Greg. <laughs> tell me how far he hit the ball. <laughs> he, I mean, dude, he hit a home. He hit a ball 497 feet. That's like I don't know what else you want me to say. Pretty far, actually. He's um, up to fucking 19 home runs, Ryan. Guys, we're, thanks for listening. We're going to actually legitimately... 20. 20. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I will turn this on now. Uh, everyone that uh, is listening to this uh, the next day, they're like, Wait, Greg, we get it. We know who won. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be Stan. I feel great about betting on Stan. Um, I feel great about betting on message Stan. Message Greg tomorrow on his uh, on his Reddit account and say when Stan did win, go ha ha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, guys, Deserve. we're gonna actually be launching the website soon. We're gonna have articles coming up. We're gonna actually do some maybe social media. Have you guys join in? Maybe we'll have a raffle or something. Who knows? Eh, happy summer, a everyone. Raffle. Uh, if anyone's in Bye. Vegas this weekend, uh, hit me up uh, on Reddit at Flats and Lotus or Blue Shirts Breakaway, and maybe we can meet up for a little drink and Ranger talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great weekend. Bye bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.